Hello, welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 104. Starring Jimbo. And Fisher. And I have entitled this episode, now there's a, it's a bit of a strange one this week, because I, I, we kind of, we wanted to do an episode last week, or that, that's kind of what I thought we were going to do, um, but kind of never got round to it. And last week was National Curry Week, so... Um, I wanted to do something to do with National Curry Week, and I couldn't really, you know, so I was trying to think, what song could we do and all that kind of thing? And I thought I'd do something about uh, having a curry, and uh, then you ended up on the toilet and all that kind of thing. So we kind of, it's like a, a belated National Curry Week song that we've got today, because I made it last week, so I want I didn't want to waste it. I don't have a massive problem with that, but on the marketing material for today's episode, why do you have me sat on the toilet and not you? I knew you was going to say that, and originally it was me sat on the toilet and me covering you and you covering your nose. And I thought, you know what? If I swap these around and put Fisher on the toilet and me in the corner, he'll have something to say about this on the podcast. <laughs> and go. I was right, <laughs> but it is me singing it. So yeah, technically it should have been the other way around. Uh, are you ready? Yep, let's listen to it. So we're going with an Elton John one. Okay, here we go. Don't flush it away, I'm not done yet, I'll be here forever. Between you and me, I can honestly say the things are not getting better. While I am here, I'll scroll through Facebook on my phone. And it won't be long Till my battery runs out And I'm sat on this throne Shitting alone And I guess that's why that I've got the booze Shouldn't have had that Lamvindaloo Been here for hours Smells like the sewers Shouldn't have had those Siege kebab skewers And I guess that's why that I've got the poos I was going to attempt a uh, sort of, what do you call it, a harmonica solo on that bit, but uh, I'm, I'm not got the skills. Uh, no. So there you go. With Elton John's, yeah. John's sat I'm thinking, tell you what, why not watch the Where to Worst Place podcast tonight? Well, that's it. He might be looking for like a uh, an official like uh, tribute act um, now that he's supposed to be retiring. Um, well, I think he was retiring four years ago, weren't he? Or another four years before that. Yeah, he's at his, he's at his hip. Um, oh, yeah. So I think he's into the hip hop stage of his career. By the sounds of it. Oh right, yeah. Um, well, he's doing a hip hop album. Is he joining forces with uh, someone else? Is he? Is he getting one with Snoop Dogg? Coming in with Kanye West, who's now not longer, no longer called Kanye West, he's just called Yay, isn't he? I think. Is he? All right. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, Yay, yeah. What did he, um, what, did he, what, did, what did he say when he finally got his uh, his confirmation that he can change his name? He said Yay, but he changed <laughs> his name to Yay, and then presumably the conversation just spanned on like that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did see Elton John performing at the Global Citizen concerts uh, the other Saturday. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, he, yeah. yeah he was. I, I remember he was on stage with uh, Charlie Poof, weren't he? Uh, no, I think it's Elton John who's a poof. Oh, right, okay, fair enough. Oh, I can't, you know, I'm not allowed to say that sort of stuff nowadays. Oh, I can't say that. Behave yourself. We? Be, we need booze yeah. for that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's quite an excessive. Um... Yellow card. Yeah. Okay. It's a letter from the AA. Um... Yeah. Don't worry about data security. You just showed your address to everyone and um, <laughs> all that there, haven't you? Ah, <laughs> oh, it's fine. No one watches anyway. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so yeah, I guess that's why they call it the Poos at episode 104. Kind of was supposed to be for um, National Curry Week, which was last week, but it's not. This week is different. It's International Chef Day today, so I've got something about that coming up soon. Uh, shall we? Do, do you want to do a bit of breaking news for sure? Standing, yeah. Go on, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I've been fairly busy. Went on holiday um, to the Isle of Wight, so I'll talk about the beer that I've got there. Um, I hosted our Cricket Club's presentation night again. Sorry, oh, hang on, hang dear. on, Jim. Sorry, just, just let me shift this. It's just in my eye line. That. It just means that as well. It's just getting in my eye. It's just, won, just annoying me. You won some trophies, have you? Uh, well, how did you know? Let's have a look. Oh, yeah, one of these. All right, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, are they, I, are they I, like I, ones that everybody gets, like, for taking part sort of thing? Uh, I've got best presenter at the presentation night. <laughs> you see, that's, that's me holding the microphone up to my... Best, uh, best cricket organiser person. Best, yeah. best car boot uh, organiser. Yeah, something like that. And uh, Does that say under 11s on there, Fisher? No, second team and midweek team. Not good enough to win one for the first team, admittedly. Um, but a bowling award and a, a player's player of the season award. Uh, I, will, I will give a disclosure on this point. Um, I did actually count all the votes in for that, but nonetheless, I did actually win it by fair means. Right, okay. So I hosted hosted that again, uh, fifth time. I didn't, I didn't do too bad this time. I didn't really... I didn't die as much as I normally do. Well, we've got some... Uh... We, we, we've got, I think we've, let me just check, because I'm sure somebody sent me some things through, some sort of, where is it? I can't find it now. Yeah, somebody sent me some clips through from it, said you might want to, to yeah, some, some li- live bit of action from the night. This is, this was the crowd, someone in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> is that, does that sound familiar? Is that someone, that is someone crying, isn't it? <laughs> There we go. Uh, yeah, so so it went well, though, did it, other than the booze and the crying? Uh, there was plenty of booze, yeah. I mean, we <laughs> started at um, about half past six in the evening. Yeah, I went through till, uh, till just shy of midnight. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a very good night, very enjoyable. Uh, and, um, as I, and, and not ruined as much as, you know, not ruined by the host as much as it normally is, I suppose, is, is all I can say. Did you get any good feedback? Uh, uh, yeah, I stood a bit too close to speaking <laughs> to the microphone at one point, so it was really... Really booming. <laughs> well, that's what they say. Yeah, that's how it were. Someone come up to you did it towards the end and say, oh, "We're booming that." Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah um... I tried the usual one, didn't I? I mean, I sort of just took to the microphone. You know, a bit of noise. So I said, "Hang on," said the sound engineer. "Hang on, hang on. Can you just turn this audience down a bit, please." And of course, you didn't have to do any time um, for your terrible jokes that you told because you'd kind of already done that time or served that time uh, in the hotel you stayed in. And you went on holiday. Mm. I spent a night in a converted prison. Very good. Um, it was the former Oxford prison, Oxford Castle and Prison. Mm. I'd highly recommend it, by the way, if you ever go yeah. to Oxford. Uh, great place to stay, quite unique, quite unusual. Well, you said it. I mean, um, you said it had everything, didn't you? So obviously, it was like you know, prison-style dungeon sort of thing, like one of those swings, chains, and whips and things like that. So it said it had said it had a lot, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't realise you, you had stayed in one of those rooms. <laughs> Uh, well, it was it was a converted cell. You got you got a metal door, and you could actually see where the cell had been kind of knocked through. Because obviously, um, the prison was uh, no longer um, appropriate for human habitation, so they closed it down and converted it into a hotel. Right, okay, uh, and, and charged us over two hundred pounds a night mm. to uh, to stay there. It was pretty expensive. It's, it's quite a unique hotel, obviously. 
Do you think that, um, that they think that doesn't do any any favors on its TripAdvisor reviews when people are like saying, "Oh, it's like a bloody prison in here." Like people <laughs> just if they're not if people haven't checked that that's the theme, it's going to put people off, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the the interior of the prison was actually used. Uh, we were on the bottom floor. Yeah. Um, so it meant we could tunnel out if needed. Um, but also in, in in the floors above, when you walked out, it was completely open plan. You got kind of the metal sort of walkways there. And I think the the interior of the hotel was kind of rebuilt for the prison show Bad Girls. Remember that TV show oh, yeah. Bad Girls? Yeah. Um, and it was kind of built on a copy of that. So it's, it's very similar inside to, to what that used to, to look like. And you were careful not to drop the soap in the shower? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I managed to escape the terrible, deprived conditions that we're in. And uh, I went for breakfast at Weatherspoons the next time. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, have I so got any... What are you going to oh. My breaking news then. Well, I got back on a train for the first time in in a work train as well as in going to work on the train for the first time in about a year and a half. And I thought, you know what? It's uh, I'm going to try going on the rush hour train. As you know, it was always about the quarter past eight train was the worst, weren't it? And I thought to myself, can't be that bad now after lockdowns and after, you know the pandemic. Most a lot more people are working from home than they used to, or have more flexibility to travel in. You know, outside of rush hour times. Uh, for mm-hmm. it'll, I'm sure it'll be fine. So anyway, and you know, that's the train we could never get on as well, isn't it? That's the train that often you couldn't even get on. It was so busy. Anyway, the train pulled up. Good news. I got on it. I got on the train, which is rare. Bad news. I was squashed up against the doors and Mm -hmm. I was the only one of of most of the people there, apart from some people who were sat down, um, who were wearing a mask. So all the people yeah. stood up weren't wearing a mask, which fair enough, you know, you know, you not you not have to wear a mask. That's absolutely fine. But in those conditions, I thought maybe a few people might add. I don't know. Uh, and the mm. and the only people who were you know people who were sat down who had you know more space when you sat down, a bit more of your own sort of space. They were the one wearing masks. I was thinking, why are they wearing masks? And people like that stood up aren't. And then I realised it's because they're wearing the mask because they don't want people's farts in the face. <laughs> That should have been done. Oh, was... That should have been done well before the pandemic. Because you're at, yeah, fa- that... you know, if you're sat down on a train and you're on a busy train, you're at fart level, aren't you? Quite often. Suppose so. Never or, really thought about that. If or normally for me, it's it's dogs that are on the train that are at fart level if they're stood near me. So obviously, I'm a lot shorter. Yeah, well, neither of us are particularly blessed with um, you know a huge amount of height, are we? Mm. Unfortunately. So anyway, Just, I, probably don't we? I, I decided I weren't going to. I'm not going to be getting the train in rush hour again anyway. Um, so. Uh, what else did I do? Uh, oh, got retweeted by journalist Peter Stefanovic. Think is that, is that you say his name? I can never say his name. Um, he's, I don't know. He's a journalist uh, who works in the UK, um, but he's his big thing is at the minute promoting this video which he's put together, which shows Boris Johnson saying things quite often in Parliament, and then he kind of sticks a video next to it that shows it's a complete lie or he's fabricated or. Um, really exaggerated stats and things like that so he's got kind of put all the evidence together stuck it together and this video has like got over 38 million views now and uh, his whole thing is that the media are kind of not really addressing it and he, he kind of wants uh you know stations like the bbc basically to put this video to boris johnson and answer why on multiple occasions has he lied and and uh, oh, i mean we all know he lies anyway it's no news to us but it's the fact that they're not really pushing and addressing it like they probably should do. So anyway, um, you remember Facebook and Instagram went down, didn't it, a few weeks ago for quite a long period of time, actually. So About six, seven hours. Yeah. yeah. So you know, obviously, first thing after the I thought, you know what, 
This is a good opportunity to get away from social media, take some time out. So I hopped on Twitter and I <laughs> retweeted the Peter Stefanovic's video saying, well, this is a great opportunity, everyone, to, to watch this video while all the other stuff's down. Spend some time watching this video. And he shared it as well. And then, I, you know, my phone was red hot that night, red hot fish. I had mm-hmm. to turn the notifications off, like 300 <laughs> retweets and whatever else. Um, so yeah, there we go. I'm just doing my bit to, uh, to, to, to sort this country out, I'd like to say maybe. Thank you very much. Oh. Uh, I, it does actually remind me of something that I was meant to do on this podcast that I've yeah. not got written down, um, which is, uh, someone who watches the show, Karen, um, who works in the commercial. Hi Karen. She was, she was selling some of the party light things, um, on the same evening that Facebook and Instagram went down. Oh yeah. And I said that. I said that was going to. I was, that was the first thing about which I've done, but also she gave me details of what one of the candles was meant to smell like, um, and I was going to read it out because it amused me somewhat. Um, I'm sure I'll do that on the on a future episodes instead. Yeah, good big shout um, out to Karen though. Yeah, because it went. It meant that she was she had no viewers, did she? Because obviously nobody was on Facebook and Instagram and stuff. Just yeah. So did she have to rearrange a night, basically, sort of thing? Do it on a uh, no, it, it was it was actually done physically, so it was actually oh. yeah, it was there and oh. in the pub. So. so it was in the pub, but they couldn't do the broadcast side of it, sort of thing, properly. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, or share so the or share share the fact that they were doing it, sort of thing. But anyway, big yeah, big shout out to to Karen and and Party Light. Um, yeah, the final thing for sure. Uh, yeah, I hit. Uh, you know, we, it's been a great year, isn't it? Uh, hit a massive milestone with the podcast, of course, as we remember. Um, <laughs> so yeah. You know, it's been about a year since the start of the Ale and Audio podcast. <laughs> of course, yeah. You're course. up to episode 100 on that. I mean, I mean, I just, I, I look at your Instagram stories in an evening, Ale and Audio, and someone says to you, someone said, what am I drinking? And you've tweeted the picture and tagged someone else in it. I mean, is that really what you're doing in the evening? That's, that's what people want to know. It's a, it's a beer and beer and pub shed community for sure. Anyway, uh, speaking what, of drinks, what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. I mean, I, I thought. I mean, one thing you could do in an evening instead is, you know, sort out your fantasy football team, Jimbo. Oh well, I try. I've tried this. I use. I've already used a wild card. I know, but I did. Still, I, 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 mean, had, I had a bit of a resurgence, but every time I change my team, the team does rubbish again. I'm trying my best. Yeah, we've played. So we're on to week. We've com- completed eight weeks of fantasy football, and I've won seven weeks, and you've won one. Yes. And the one week, the one week that you won, you beat me by one point. I think. Didn't you? <laughs> Is that right? Probably. Uh, yeah, game game week five. I scored fifty six. You scored fifty seven. Well, um, so yeah. Okay. I think you need to sort that out. Really, I, I'm working because... on it. I've already used my wild card. There's not much else I can do. It's, it's just it's a really difficult year. I think I had a bad start. Once you have a bad start, sometimes there's no catching up. Um, well, there is. You use your wild card and select a decent team. I did. I, 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 a rubbish. Team. I did that, and it went wrong, didn't it? You know. Anyway. So, and I think, did, did uh, Liverpool's goalkeeper not get back in time this time for the, was he injured or something like that? Anyway, um, what are you drinking, Fisher? Um, I'm drinking, uh, well, so I went, I went, when I stopped off in Oxford at the prison, that was on the way to the Isle of Wight, and I've got some more details of the holiday sort of in future episodes, just to fill out a bit of material, no doubt, but, um, so we're up, uh, I went to, if you remember last time I went, uh, I went to a brewery, but they told me to go away, basically, and said go to um, the supermarket to buy some beer. Actually, interestingly, uh, on this occasion, I didn't get rejected by a brewery, but instead I went to a distillery. And guess what they said? 
No. They said, go away, funnily <laughs> enough. We, uh, we went to... You won't get this in Chapel Town, the... would you, at the commercial and the uh, Sheffield Distillery? You get a oh, warm welcome. Come on in. It intrigues me. People talk about, you know, oh, support small businesses, support local. Well, I try, but you always keep telling me piss off every time I go <laughs> turn up. So, you know. Uh, so I went, I went to a place called the Mermaid Distillery. It was, I think, about four o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. And we only went there just to have a look at it. And apparently they've kind of got like a, a bar area. It's meant to be quite nice. And also you're there. You might uh, actually buy a bottle of gin. I bet there's a... Turned up. I bet there's a few uh, legless people in that distillery. Hey. The mer- Mermaid Distillery, if anyone mermaid. didn't catch that. Yeah. Um, so the so I went in basically Tuesday afternoon about four o'clock not much happening um, and I said you know table for two of us we're only like here after one drink uh, they said have you booked I said no oh well only taking book if you're not booked then you can't come in uh, that was it so we went off somewhere else oh there you go what can you do yeah, wasn't very nice yeah, yeah. Um, so instead uh, I, I went I, anyway I did go to Morrison's to get some beer <laughs> um, so I've got I've got three or four bottles of Isle of White beer to drink over the next few episodes. Uh, this one is called uh, Beach Coma. So, not necessarily Isle of Wight related, particularly, but the Isle of Wight's got a beach. So, yeah, that sort of covers that off. Um, food pairing. Uh, food pairing is perfect with any barbecue food on a hot day. But also, also, personally, also great as a session ale, whatever the occasion or weather. So, basically, have it with anything at any time of year. Mm. But ideally, barbecue on a nice warm day. So I think they've basically chosen times when people might want to drink, but also caveated it with, if you don't want to drink it, then just have it at any point anyway. You'll be fine. Uh, it's a light straw, blonde-coloured ale. Um, a very easy-drinking summer ale. Distinctive fresh aroma with cl- crisp, clean, hoppy finish. I'm pretty sure I haven't had this before from Yates' Brewery. So I will give that a go. Jimbo. I've not tagged you on Instagram, and I've not got my Ale and Audio shirt on, but what are you drinking? <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I am drinking, uh, and I'm not sure how good our stream... I think we might... This is quite relevant, I'm doing this now. Uh, I think our stream has just hit a bit of a snag. Um, I've just saw the tower. It, we kind of struggle a bit. I think we might be regaining now, though. might be coming back. So, uh, sorry if you are struggling uh, with our stream tonight. It happens, technology and all that sort of thing. Um, but I've got this one. Uh, and I won this on Instagram on a beer competition and uh, just just a giveaway competition sort of thing. And it's a, it's actually a cookies and cream stout, which is normally not my thing, stouts and porters and the sort of darker beers. But I did try it the other day and I quite liked it. So I'm going to have it again. And we've been called Don't Trust the Broadcast. thought it was pretty good, seeing as that's kind of what we're doing. So it's from the Chosen Few Brewing Co., um, which every time I've looked, I've struggled to find out exactly where they're based. Um you think it'd sort of say on the website, but it's not actually that obvious. Um, so anyway, um, I can't really tell you for sure where they are. Um, mm. So anyway, uh, I'll I'll do a nice pour of it, and you can see cookies and cream. You see that, all That's right? Quite nice. Yeah. General observation I've got about our stream actually is that uh, we're on episode 104, and it says 103 on the top. Oh, of it. I, look, I, I can fix that. That's no, that's no problem. I can fix that easily. <sighs> right. Watch it change. It'll change eventually. So anyway, I've done that. Right, should we move on? Yeah, good beer this, actually. Well done to uh, Yates of Brewery. I do believe our stream is probably back up and running-ish now, sort of thing. And the, and uh, the number's right. Yeah, good. So let's uh, let's move on then. Um, so, Fisher, it's your show and tell. Yeah, I mean, show and tell items recently have sort of centred quite a bit around your uh, late grandfather. 
fantastic man. But at the same time, I just felt it sort of, you know, brought the podcast down a little bit and sort of had a bit of, you know, a bit of a somber mood to it. So, so I thought we're gonna have a, are we having a pick me up today? What was that? Sorry, we're we gonna have a pick me up today then. Yeah, nah, I'm only joking. Uh, one of my relatives died the other day as well, so oh. um, you know, I've got his uh, got his order of service here. Um, so, how old was uh, your grandfather when he passed away? Uh, he was eighty three. Uh, oh well, you know, uh, Bernie. Yeah, Uncle Bernie has trumped him. He was ninety six. Um, so, not that it's a competition, obviously, um, but. Uh, I, I, so Bernie is my uh, wife's uncle, and he is uh, uncle, great uncle, yeah, uncle. Um, and so ninety-six years old. Uh, Bernard Stanley Rye uh, live in Norfolk. Um, I don't know if you remember, but uh, I've mentioned on the podcast previously uh, that the Duke of Edinburgh crashed his car just outside. Some relatives' houses. It was it was their house that um, he um, crashed his car outside of. Mm-hmm. Um, as I sadly, Bernie passed away uh, about a month or so ago, and yeah, very sad. Um, but he had a fantastic ninety six years in his life, um, and it was a life that was certainly very well lived. Uh, and he was certainly a bit of a character, and well liked and loved by uh, everyone who met him. So unfortunately, in my case. Um, didn't meet him on that many occasions, um, but that's uh, the way, sadly, it is sometimes. But I've got a few details about Bernie, and I wondered, you know, like you did for your uh, late grandfather, uh, two of them are true, and one of them is false. Okay. So, firstly, uh, he once tried to mend a shoe, but accidentally nailed it to a chair. <laughs> what is it with uh, what? It, what are the people in the, the the later years who and shoes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Secondly, uh, he served Prince Charles a pint of bitter within one week of his 18th birthday. Uh, he believes he's one of the first people in the world to have served Prince Charles a legal pint. Oh, so, he, so he'd already turned 18, is what you're saying then? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Prince Charles, that is, not Bernie. Yeah. Um, and then thirdly, uh, he won Garden of the, the Garden of the Year Award uh, for the Sandringham area. The one time I went in his garden, I saw a snake. <laughs> right. Okay. So, two of those are true, one of them's false. First of all, before we get started, the order of service that you've got, right? Yeah. I don't know why, but whenever I've been to funerals, mm-hmm. they always end up in my car for ages after. <laughs> I don't know if it's just me, but I've like currently my, my granddads are in my car still. Before mm-hmm. that, it was um, somebody else's funeral I'd been to. Before that, it was, uh, you know, other basically everyone. I've, it's, like it, it's like the car... Is where they kind of continue to exist for for a time afterwards. Um, so I've got a collection going. If you if you've got any spare, I'll uh, I'll take them off your hands. I only got one or two. Oh. Uh, in all honesty. Okay. Um, um, so going back to your your questions then. So Nate, let's start off with you. Nail. He was trying to fix a shoe and nailed it to a chair accidentally. Yeah. So I'm presuming he was probably trying to get the heel back on the shoe, and then he so he, was, he put he put it on. He was probably. <laughs> Yeah, it was probably like inside the shoe, probably hammering the nail down, and it then it went too far and it went through into the chair and then it was stuck on the chair. I'm guessing that's probably what happened. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there was no longer pro- there was no longer a problem with the heel, uh, which is good. There was just a problem with the shoe in general, which was it was nailed to a chair. Um, so yeah, it bless was his soul. Trying to... Sorry, I didn't quite catch that. I said, I said bless his soul. Uh, yeah, sorry. Very good. Hold on. Press the press press the drums button. There we go. Um, yeah. So he yeah, was trying to repair a shoe, pretty much as he described. 
started to nail it and yeah, carried on through the heel, through the shoe and into a chair, at which point it was stuck there. Hmm. Um, okay, so did, did, is, did, did, when, how old was he when he did this? Do we know? Um, old enough to have known better. <laughs> um, it must. I'm assuming he was probably in his seventies. I think it was about sort of twenty years ago. Probably, yeah, maybe about twenty years ago, fifteen, twenty years ago. So probably, maybe even in his early eighties. And did he just sort of like you know think, oh, never mind, I'll just carry on wearing this shoe next to the, join onto the chair? And did he just walk around on a chair for for, <laughs> for the remainder of his years? If he's oh look, there's Bernie. Why is he walking yeah. on a chair? Long story. <laughs> yeah, wheelchair bound. Oh no 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 no! Yes, it's just normal chair, but he just nailed some wheels <laughs> to it, and yeah, oh, he, he, he nailed himself to it. Yeah, he could have invented um, something there. Yeah, he it, it wasn't actually his shoe. Oh, right. he, was, he was trying to fix it on behalf of someone else. Right, okay. I said, I think, I think, look, good news, your shoe's fixed. Um, bad news or good news, depending on how you look at it, you've got a free chair with it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to break this to you gently. Uh, would you like to sit down? No, I'm not there. There's a chair. There's a shoe nail to it. Why do you sit on that one instead? Um, yeah, yeah. Hi, hi, Bernie. I've come to collect your. Seat. I've come to collect my shoe. Yeah, come in. Take a seat. No, I mean actually yeah. take the seat with you. It's nailed. It's nailed to your shoe. <laughs> oh, so easy. Uh, okay. So I did. I'm guessing you found this out as well. Um, on the actual funeral service when they sort of talked about funny things that they'd done or was it in the wake afterwards or anything like that? I don't know. Uh, well, to be honest, I think it's a lot of old cobblers. I was aware of this previously. Um, in fact, the first time I'd, I'd met him, I was told of this story. This is it. Uh, do, you in, think you've, do you think you've got your story yet, Fisher? You know, like when, when, you, when, when your time does come, do you think you've got your your story about something silly that you did like you know my granddad's was that well i mean he's had a, he had a couple but like you know, the one about his exploding shoe at the wedding and all that do you think your story's happened yet or do you think it's still to come i think there's some good show and tell items that you can probably have got some good anecdotes attached yeah. to them um i'm not sure there's anything just yet there needs to be something actually... there needs to be something quite simple though doesn't it like like something shoe related something pretty you know I've got a, I've got a show and tell item coming up in a few weeks time that I I I quite like the story behind it's quite embarrassing for me. Okay, but we'll we'll leave that we'll park that for now. Well, don't don't uh, don't go anywhere. Don't die before then. I'm trying not to because that story might you know not be out in the might might never be heard mm. and then I won't be able to use it. Well, anyway, mm. so second story then uh, you're gonna have to remind me. Uh, he served Prince Charles a pint oh. within a week of his 18th birthday. Okay. So I'm guessing he was working. Um... Uh, yeah, he ran a, as I mentioned earlier, kind of, he he lived very near where, on Sandering Estate, near where Prince Philip uh, crashed his car. Where they lived was about three or four houses, and then next to the houses was a sort of social club uh, that was popular with people who worked on the Sandringham Estate, uh, working for the royal family, and he and his wife, um, Auntie Ivy, ran that for about 40, 50 years. That was what they did. That was their employment. And early on uh, in Prince Charles's uh, adult years, i.e. just turned 18, uh, he went for a, a drink in the club, in the local club, when he was in, in, in it, Sandringham. He had his birthday at Sandringham. In, so. in the club. In the club, yeah. Um, there was some rap music playing. Elton John's hip hop stuff was yep. ongoing, and he literally only just turned eighteen. Came in, and uh, so Uncle Bernie served him a pint. 
Right, okay. What did he have? Do you know? Um, I don't know. It never actually said. I think it was just a pint of bitter. I'm not too sure what the particular brand was back in those days. He may have mentioned it to me, but I don't know. Did he serve anybody else in this sort of time? Was there anyone else there with Prince Charles at the time? Uh, I don't know. I think I think I'm assuming it was probably with someone. Um, I don't think it was Princess Diana. Um, Guards or something. Yeah, I suspect he probably got minders around him Bulls or whatever. Stuff, but yeah. he, yeah, it, the, the the momentous thing was that say, he, he was lit, he'd literally just turned eighteen within the last week or so. So it was kind of I don't know if he jokingly asked for his ID, um, which obviously he didn't need to get because it'd been like in every newspaper that Prince Charles had become eighteen. And all it's just the last bit though. Should have still should, still should have should have. I got ID. No, it was, um, ID. I did, and the only excuse I can give is that I was wearing a mask. Um, so I think once I took my mask down, they went, "Oh yeah." It's fine. Put, it away. Put your idea away. Um, yeah. So that means I've got a I've got a young forehead. Maybe is what is what you're saying. Right so then. have you shaved? Have you shaved your no, or an old like for- Yeah, young forehead. That's right. Have I shaved? Yeah. I have today actually. Yeah. 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 So you're not quite as yeah not quite as bearded as you are normally. Well, I knew I would knew I was doing a rare performance on the uh, Waste of Web Space podcast. So yeah. Do you, do you shave for an audio or not? No. It's November coming up as well, isn't it? It's November coming up. Are you going to do November? Yeah, they did last year, I think, didn't they? Are you, are you doing it again? Mm, I suppose so, yeah. Hmm. I might, I, I don't know, is it cheating if you just basically leave your moustache on the foot? You know, kind of like shave no. knuckles on that bit. I think it's got all come off. It's got all come off and it start, start afresh. Maybe I'll think about it. So what What was the last yeah. story with your uncle, uh, with, with Bernie? Obviously, I want to call him Uncle uh, Bernie for some reason, but... What was the last story? Uh, the last story was he won Garden of the Year. Ah, oh, yeah. the Sandringham area. Okay. And the one time, the one time I went in his garden, I saw a snake. So why did you see a snake? As in, why well, was it, it was, there? Was it like a grass? It was snake? there. Was it like a grass snake, a natural snake? I didn't see much of it. In fact, Are you I sure think it wasn't a worm. Then it was a big worm. If it was that, um, snakes are, I believe, more scared of us than they are of them. Um, doesn't quite quantify quite how scared I am of snakes, but it was a hot day. Um, there's a lot of sort of wooded areas around there and I was walking back towards the house uh, with my niece who was I think who had just turned two years old and um, she stopped and looked and looked a bit sort of perplexed and pointed and uh, I sort of turned round and saw this thing that looked like and very quickly it sort of shot off into the woodland um, and there was a really high-pitched scream uh, that I said was let out by my two-year-old niece. Um, <laughs> What's and, was it? Uh, well, any, any, anyone who was there obviously quite clearly had a <laughs> kind of noise. Um, I think yeah, she's only two, isn't she? So, hmm. so yeah, that, that was that was kind of the story of that. So what was his garden like? Filled with snakes. <laughs> uh, it was very nice, very nice. Um, the local paper once... Commented in massive letters that it got massive. It got it got brilliant vegetables. Mm. Um, you know, his, his lawn was, and they liked his garden his, as well. Yeah, apparently so. Hey, <laughs> have a bit of respect. Um, he did, so. Did he grow vegetables? And did he did he actually? So he wasn't just a garden. He had, with flowers. He actually grew his own veg and stuff as well. Yeah, I think you kind of win it for the you know how nice your lawn is. Is it sort of flat, well mowed, weed free? Have you got some nice? plants there have you got some nice vegetables Snakes. there yeah it's kind of the whole whole lot you know have you got some you have nice planters it's kind of well looked after you know is it has it been jet washed um yeah. so, so when I, was I when know. was this then do you know have you got any rough dates of this 
It won it a few times. A few oh, times. Right, okay. Um, it was a repeat winner. Oh, was it before or after? You said so you do. Do you go to it? Did you go to it uh, before it won a prize or after it won a prize? Or I, th- I think it was probably. I think he won it for about five years. Wanted wanted retired from working at the um, club up the road where he'd served Prince Charles. Oh, at, at the club. Of beer in, in yeah. his 18th year. Um, it was it, it was either he'd either not entered it that year because he'd sort of finished, or he'd um, or he might have won it that year. Mm-hmm. It was still a nice garden. I can't remember when it was that year. If he hadn't won it that year, then it was he'd won it kind of the year before. So, so I think you, he maybe won it about five times between two thousand and eleven and two thousand sixteen, or something like that. So you and you visited before. Um, do you spend much time? No, we don't at, listen to what I said then. Yeah, but yeah, but have you you, you 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 visited once? Have you visited again? Did you go a few times? What was it? What you know? Did you stay? Did you stay there long? Is what I'm saying. Did you Did um, you have a nice weekend any, at Bernie's? Any any, <laughs> any subsequent visits? Um, were predominantly spent in the house as opposed to in the garden. Okay. On the time that I saw the snake, um, it was a very hot day, so that was the only time we'd been on a really warm day and therefore spent time in his garden. Okay. Admiring his nice vegetables. And snake. Okay. Oh. So I'm going to say then, I'm going to guess. So are we saying it's like two of them are true, one of them's false? Two of them are true, one of them's false. Yeah, okay. So I reckon then... Uh, what was the? F- oh, I've got to remind me the first. Oh, the so first, the first one. one was he, he nailed a shoe to a chair. Yeah, I'm 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 having that one. He nailed a shoe okay. to a chair, and I think yeah. I'm gonna have the one about the garden and the snake. And I'm gonna say that he didn't serve Prince Charles his drink just after he turned eighteen, but he might have had. He might have been there at the same time that Prince Charles had his first drink, possibly. So I'm gonna say the the first one and the last one are true. Middle one's false. And you are absolutely spot on. Well done. Please with that. I would, I would probably clarify. I mean, I can't tell for certain that he definitely didn't um, serve Prince Charles a drink shortly after he turned 18 in the first week, but I'm assuming he hasn't. He never mentioned that he did. Um, I'm assuming at some point might have served him a drink. Uh, yep, he won the Sandringham State Gardener of the Year or Garden of the Year Award for five years on the trot and also um, a headline or in massive text in the local paper, it quite clearly says that his vegetables were brilliant. Really good. Brilliant. Well, a tribute to Bernie then. Uh, raise a glass Bernie. to him. Have a drink to him. Who is sadly Bernie. missed uh, by anyone who met him. Bernie and Stanley Wright. Very best. He had a fantastic uh, 96 years. And there is... And uh, rest in peace. Always a space in my car for one of those uh, leaflets. Okay. You're listening to A Waste of Red Space. With Timbo and Fisher. So we, we commented um, before, didn't we, about the fact that uh, so it, it, that was her new promo for us, her new little, uh, she, you know, she had another go at it because she did one a while ago for us. So do you want to hear the old one and then we'll play the new one next to it? So this is Ada, my daughter, from a year and a bit ago, a year and a half ago, probably. Don't we want to face do a face podcast from you. And then here is a version recorded today. You're listening to a waste of red space with Timbo and Fisher. She's coming a lot, isn't she? 
She's come on a lot. She didn't say thank you this time, though, did oh, she? Oh, no, no. Manners are out the window now. Ugh. Rude. Well, they teach them at school nowadays. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, well, I... speaking is coming along, so well done. That was a bit of breaking news, by the way. I had, so... Well, that your daughter's become really rude? No. <laughs> I went to a science lesson at school. Oh, you didn't, you didn't spill water on someone's work, did you? No. <laughs> or nearly electrocute or set a kid on fire. Yeah, <laughs> still haven't forgiven you for that. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I went to a uh, yeah. I mean, you know, they basically they're having these sort of like parent and child sessions at school where you can go first thing in the morning. They've set activities up just to, to, to sort of to encourage parents to get involved at home. We're talking about science and and they do maths as well and things like that. So um, yeah, and you know, I could either choose the science one or the maths one. I chose the science one because I was absolutely terrible and scared to death of maths. At school, but then I thought to myself, "What? What really were they going to do? Um, you know, in a four-year-old's lesson for maths that, that scared me so much." <laughs> uh, but I went to the science one anyway, and yeah, it was uh, it was very good. I mean, I, you know, I was there, and I wanted to sort of say, "Well, you know, I'm I'm here because I was taught by the great Mister Koreshi uh, of Ecclesfield mm-hmm. School Years." Yeah, um, remember some of the experiments in that classroom uh, going a little bit wrong, and so on. Uh, and that's not even the ones that 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 went wrong on you. Yeah. But anyway, so I went to a science lesson, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, how did you do? What, what, what do you Well, it was just things like letting cars roll down ramps and see which one was the fastest and making paper aeroplanes, uh, making instruments, which I wasn't sure was science, but I suppose there's some science in it, like the sound and the, you know, how you make a sound chamber and maracas and stuff. Bit, and oh, bit of like using magnets and things like that. They were like a magnet activity as well, so. Were you attracted yeah. to that? I was, yeah. Lovely pint of John Smith's magnet. Um Yes. Went down very well, uh, <laughs> and that was funny as well. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we're talking news, aren't we? It's news time. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, remember what's been, what's going, been going on in the news? Well, first, uh, are we, do you want to talk about? I mean, obviously, there was the horrific news about, uh, you know, and we, you know, we we do on this podcast, we do get on at politicians quite a lot um, because a lot of time they do have a lot to answer for, but uh, nobody deserves, obviously, what happened to uh, the. MP recently, do they? Uh, yeah. Do you know his name? Anness, his second name. Uh, D- David Ames. Ames, yeah. Ames, Ames, yeah. Uh, so I've, I've, I think I've only seen his name written down, to be fair. Not uh, really mm. heard or heard the news in relation to it. Uh, who was sadly, um, horrifically killed last Friday uh, while at one of his surgeries for local people to come and see their Member of Parliament. Uh, it's a, much as though we do moan about it it's a fantastic thing that we've got our democracy where we elect politicians and people to represent us and they also by and large spend time and i think the vast majority of mps probably actually like that face-to-face element of their role where they're seeing constituents finding out what concerns their local people and doing things to to help them um saying sadly he never came back from the surgery that he went to um yeah it's very very sad news uh, the Queen paid tribute to him, saying what a fantastic person he was and a dedicated public servant. Uh, Keir Starmer said he extended his hand across the political divide and wished his friends and family all the best uh, hearing this tragic news. What about Boris, and Johnson? Boris Johnson? Boris Johnson said, uh, I'm on holiday at the moment, so oh. uh, I'll give you a shout later on and let right. you know what I think. Right, fair enough. Uh, yeah. um, he was in Marbella, Boris Johnson, I think, wasn't he? Was he? Um, right. On holiday, yeah. I think there's been a quick scramble to try and get that on the red list to make sure you have to quarantine for 10 days when it comes back, just try and keep him out of the way for a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Boris went on holiday. Uh, once again, it was one of these things where he claimed he wasn't really on holiday. 
You're joking. Um, so he's, he's in Marbella, in Marbella, and he said that he's not on holiday. I, th- I think I, I believe there was also some kind of suggestion. It was like a work. It was still doing the just still doing some work while he's there. Really? It, it, what? Yeah. What? Why? Why does Boris Johnson need to be in Marbella? He's working from someone else's home. Clearly. Oh. Anyway, actually, ju- just jumping back to uh, Uncle Bernie, by the way. Yeah. Um, sorry, I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, there was some there was some reflective music during the um, during the service. And it was it, it was my way. I think my way by Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. I did it my way. Uh, but it was a it was a instrumental uh, rendition by Richard Clayderman. And I'd only heard of Richard Clayderman once before. Do you know who Richard Clayderman is? No. Pianist um, who I think is French actually. Um, but I'm just going to find out just now. And I'd only heard of him once before. Yeah, French pianist Richard Clayderman. Popular probably in the seventies, maybe something like that. Seven, late seventies, early early eighties. Uh, and the only time I'd ever heard of Richard Clayderman was when Boris Johnson appeared on Room One Hundred One and wanted to put him into Room One Hundred One because he particularly disliked him. Right. Um, so I thought it was quite nice that Uncle Bernie actually yeah, chose to play. Got him out. Music. Got him out of Room One Hundred One. Yeah, um, and there's something Boris Johnson would have disliked. Good. I don't quite know what Bernie's political affiliations yeah. were, but uh, yeah, the, the fact that sort of um, Boris Johnson might be annoyed by that sort of makes me um, <laughs> like it a little bit more. That's good. Uh, so, so yeah, obviously Boris Johnson's over there, you know, maxing, relaxing, chilling out, having a few pints by the pool in Marbella. Over here, we've got petrol shortages still, and the uh, continuing yeah. problems with supply and all those kind of things that are rolling on that apparently aren't to do with Brexit. Um, yeah. Uh, so, did you get a? Did you suffer from a petrol shortage? Yeah. Well, just you know, b- both our household cars uh, hit red on the day that they, you know, that everyone started to panic for the first time over petrol. So it was a bit one of those things. Where I was a bit, a bit annoyed that uh, that that it happened at that time because then I had to go to the petrol station and look like I was a panic buyer when I wasn't. I just needed. I just really needed petrol. But. Um, Generally, I'm not I'm not greedy when it comes to you know filling up for petrol, and you know I've had to fill up since. I've not been greedy. I go and I fill my car up, um, you know, and I fill you know I, you know I fill the jerry cans up as well, and I've got a water butt in the garden that I fill up too. So you know I, I make sure I've got I make sure I've got plenty to last me rather than filling up all the time. I just make sure I've got plenty. Yeah. I mean, it's a real first world problem that isn't it that you mentioned at the start of it that uh, both your cars were struggling for petrol <laughs> at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was great timing for me. I mean, just coincided with a drive down to Oxford and then on to Southampton to the Isle of Wight. Yeah, so really appreciated that. Um, I wasn't really sure what to do, so because um, the petrol station was run out of petrol, so I just took some diesel in because you know, oh, yeah. it's not like if you go to the pub, you can't have a pint of bits, you just have a lager instead, don't you? Yeah. No Coke, I'll have a Diet Coke, yeah. <laughs> no petrol, stick some diesel in. be fine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was actually the case that... Um, so we've got supply shortages, shortages of heavy goods vehicles, drivers. Um, did you not hear about that um, lorry driver who recently had unprotected sex with his lorry? No. Yeah, it's HGV positive, apparently. Oh, very good. So he... Thank you. Very bit delayed. Thank you very much, Jimbo. Um, so, yeah, there is actually, I don't know if you've seen, but someone actually learned how to drive... A lorry the other day, if you saw it, Keir Starmer uh, went to the local <laughs> lorry centre and did a bit of a photo opportunity where he, he was sat in the lorry. 
Is he one of the 27? Oh, no, or is it 127 or is it 27? Is he one of the, the ones that applied? Because that, that was the other no thing the other day. No one knows. So they wanted 300 HGV drivers to apply, or, or like new HGV drivers to apply for the scheme and all that. Uh, they came on the telly, Boris Johnson went on the telly, was asked, and he said 127, when it actually later turned out to be 27. So, n- you know, 127 is not a good number anyway, is it, considering they wanted 300? But for him just to think, you could just imagine what was ticking away in Boris Johnson's head, can't you? Uh, I can't say 27. I can't, no, I can't. I can't say 27. I can't say 27. It sounds ridiculous. 127. <laughs> he just clearly added 100 on. At least we know he can add. At least we know he can add up. Yeah. Why don't you just say it now? Yeah, it's, it's more than it was yesterday. It's clearly better um, to lie and to exaggerate, yeah. as always. <laughs> he said, they said to him, is it true, Boris Johnson, that you lie every day with a Y in it? He said, no, I lie every day with a T in it. I lie today, tomorrow... <laughs> day after tomorrow, two days ago, three days ago. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Keir Starmer was driving his lorry, and unfortunately, he uh, reversed into a fence. Oh. <laughs> Although the good news is that uh, because Keir Starmer was in the lorry, he wasn't sat on the fence at the time, like hey. he always. <laughs> so, to talk about football instead. Yeah, Newcastle. They've been taken Ooh. over, haven't they? And Steve Bruce today has gone, hasn't he? He's, he's left. And he, uh, That's by mutual consent. Yeah, so he's he, he already spoke to a paper, hasn't he, or something, or some news outlet about that he, you know, he's on about retiring because it was causing a great strain on his uh, on his life and so on. Being in Newcastle, you know, with all the grief he got and stuff. Well, you know, he didn't have to take that job on, did he? If you remember, he was quite happily in a job, or come, he was in mm. a, he was in a job at the time. If you remember, he might not have been happy, but he was in a job at the time. Um, then and, and don't yeah, forget he he dis- when Newcastle came along, um, he he said out of respect to Newcastle, he wanted to speak to them about taking that job on. Uh, absolutely no respect for Sheffield Wednesday. We'd just taken the job on for. He didn't want to mention, uh, you know, out of respect for Wednesday. I want I'll wait until I can speak to them officially. But anyway, well, it depends, doesn't it? I mean, didn't Wednesday get paid about five million quid to oh, release think, him early from his contract? I mean, I think they were happy in the end, yeah, to to take the so to just, take the money. So, Suspect that Wednesday's chairman didn't need a huge amount of convincing to let his yeah. manager go and do that. And he was managing the team he supports, I believe, wasn't he? Because he's a Newcastle fan. He was, but I think it was... A, and, you know, I think most Wednesday fans would have been like, yeah, fair enough. But I think it was a way he approached it at the time. was a little bit a little bit of a slap mm. in the face, the way he talked about it and stuff. He didn't really choose yeah. his words very wisely at the time. But anyway, mm. but he's gone now. He's gone. Um, so Newcastle have been bought um, by... A consortium connected to Saudi Arabia. Um, there's been some appalling suggestions in terms of human rights issues. Um, but Mike Ashley has now left. Hey. Uh, he's no longer part of the club. <laughs> um, they said they were particularly attracted to um, the amount of cups yeah. uh, that Newcastle United got in their trophy room. Put their oil uh, in it. <laughs> yeah, but so, unfortunately, there's those massive sports direct ones that you get given as opposed to... Well, it's, it's all the That's they it. can get all the they can store all the oil in them, can't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, as opposed to any trophies. Uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens. Um, inter- another interesting football story actually is that uh, there was crowd trouble at the mm. last England game. Um, not particularly sure who they were playing or when, or even if there was crowd trouble. Just a bit of a guess. But no, I think there was a game it, against Hungary. Uh, no, it wasn't. It. Well, I think. It, oh, there was. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So there was crowd trouble. At, it. it uh, with hungry fans, weren't it? With the police kind of 
decided they just weren't going to bother and decided they best get out of there because they didn't seem very equipped to take on those hungry fans at the time. But then England have also but, got received a stadium ban, haven't they, for I think England fans because of the trouble in the uh, Euros final. Yeah. So was that a problem that the white supporters hadn't had anything to eat and they were getting really irate because of that? They were hungry, clearly. Yeah. Hey. yeah. Um, and also the England players, one thing, that I, I mean, I like this current England team. I like the way that Gareth Southgate um, gets players to take on responsibility to actually show to people that they're fairly normal people. Um, you get people like Mark, Marcus Rashford doing a lot of good for society as opposed to being sort of some of these robotic football players. Are, are you sure, though? Shouldn't he be getting on with his job of playing for Man United and not doing things for charity? Are you sure? Of course. Good point. I mean, he scored at the weekend, didn't he, in his first game back? But yeah, he should but, be... But, um... but he's still after the game. He's still got loads of hassle about he should be concentrating on his job for Man United. I tell you what, does that not just strike a little bit strange to you that... You know, considering all the other footballers, you know, some, some, you know, like David Beckham, he was always very much um, a bit of a, a sort of stand up and not, not in the same way as Marcus Rashford has been, but he certainly did a lot for his charities and for football and sport and all those kind of things. Did we ever hear the same abuse go towards uh, towards David Beckham? No, I was too busy going out with his uh, celebrity wife, I think, wasn't it, to yeah. uh, attract criticism. Yeah. So it uh, seems a little bit, yeah, it's one of those things again, isn't it, you know? Yeah. We all, we, well, well, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, you know, unbiased racism again, isn't it? Pos- or unconscious biased racism, whatever they call it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's um, ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not sure, not sure there's that much that's unconscious about it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I quite like this. Oh, I've, com- I've completely lost my train of thought there, Jim. I was talking about the England team. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, and sort of kind of jumping back to this with Rashford. Um, you know, people criticising him because he's trying to do some good as opposed to spending all his time playing football. Uh, did you see in the Newcastle Tottenham game uh, that a spectator collapsed in the crowd? Yeah. And the Tottenham fullback, Sergei, Sergei Regulon, he sort of told the referee and said, stop the game or something's happening in the crowd. Uh, Tottenham player Eric Dyer went running over to the bench, said, you know, we need to get the defibrillator, um, get this instant going off there, pointing out roughly where it was in the crowd and got him medical attention straight away. And uh, the players really assisted and you know, possibly made a difference in terms of you know ensuring this person stayed alive as opposed to passing away kind of thing and possibly made a big difference in terms of in terms of that. Uh, as a result of that, they were jointly awarded Man of the Match um, for their efforts so that kind of what, dire transcended reg- football. Regulan, reg- regulan yeah, on, yeah, they were given the award for Joint Man of the Match and uh, Sky Sports uh, tweeted to say, uh, man of the match for this uh, game has been jointly awarded to Eric Dyer and Sergei Regulon for um, their life-saving actions um, that sort of transcend football. Um, I was intrigued by one comment straight away that said, uh, I'm sorry, but you should win the award for man of the match for your performances on the pitch. I'm not saying that what they didn't do wasn't highly commendable, but you shouldn't be getting man of the match for that, should you? <laughs> oh. um, and then this person went on to clarify that, um, you know, let's say for example, let's say for example, that they save someone's life every week, they'd end up like in the team of the season, wouldn't they? <laughs> Irrespective of how well they've bloody played. <laughs> and this person actually then put a poll up on Twitter oh. saying, right, lads, let's be clear, should they have won man of the match for their life-saving actions? What did you, did you um, check the poll after? I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't bring myself to look at the poll afterwards, in all honesty. 
Um, but talking about uh, footballers, setting a good example, um, Marcus Alonso uh, from Chelsea, Chelsea fullback, uh, has recently said that he will no longer take a knee and instead he'll just point to uh, an anti-racism badge on his sleeve uh, because that's, you know, there's different, don't get me wrong, there are certainly different ways of um, sort of promoting racial equality and no doubt everyone has their own ways of, uh, of doing that. Um I don't know. Are we happy with Marcus Alonso kind of being the moral compass within the country in terms of what we should do, Jimbo? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure about that, but uh, I mean, he's, that's that's the decision he's taken, isn't it? To point to his thing instead, and other people carry on taking the knee and so on. But yeah, yeah. I mean, is he is he is he the best person for that? Uh, I don't know. I just had a quick look at uh, what he's like, and uh, in 2011, he was arrested following the death of a young woman by dangerous driving. Uh, he was the driver of a car that collided with a wall, killing one of the passengers. Uh, it was a 22-year-old woman. Uh, he'd been driving at 70 miles an hour in wet conditions in a 30 zone, and he had a blood alcohol level of 0.93 milligrams per milliliter of blood. Uh, so he was over the drink drive limit and speeding, and his actions uh, led to someone's death. He was meant to spend 21 months in prison, uh, but his punishment was changed because he paid 61,000 euros, and he said it was just banned for three years and four months. Which has already been spent. So, oh, it's yeah, all right I've for got... some then, isn't it? Who can just uh, pay the way out of uh, punishments and so on? Yeah, I mean, I'd rather just take a knee in all honesty. Yeah. Um, if that's uh, if that's the other option in terms of who you side with, right? So, there we go. Should we, should we stop talking about um, you know despicable people anyway? Yeah, yeah. Matt Hancock. Oh yeah, um... he got a new job. Congratulations! Yeah. Let's give him a round of applause, Matt Hancock. Well done. Congratulations on your new job. Uh, obviously, how has that man got another job? I'll never know. But anyway, how's that going That's for right. him? He's been, been sacked already, I think. Oh, all um, oh, right, yeah. okay. He he didn't take it. It was meant to be working for the United Nations, um, advising in terms of, I think, the vaccine rollout in Africa. Uh, the African nations said, uh, we've suffered enough as it is already, thanks. Um, <laughs> and I think there was some confusion uh, because... He thought that the job was UN paid, and it turned out it was just unpaid. <laughs> so, he, well, if, I think that apparently they then found a technical. He said, "I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it." Then someone found a technicality saying that um, you can't work for the United Nations and be a sitting MP at the same time. So, sadly, he couldn't take on the job. Um, I think Mark, apparently Marcus Rashford had told him to focus on politics as opposed to getting involved <laughs> in the UN for a change. Um, so yeah, he's, he thought he got a new job, but uh, but sadly hasn't. But there we go. Um, talking about people who have got a new job, Facebook, mm. uh, they're hiring 10,000 people uh, to build a metaverse. Yeah. Do you know what a metaverse is? Metaverse is? Uh, no. Neither do I, really. I did look into okay. it. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I thought, you know, this metaverse, I, I decided to look into it and, yeah, I got lost in it. I couldn't get back out of it and uh, yes. still there now, apparently. So I only exist on this screen. Um, yeah, no, apparently it's, it's, a, it's an augment, it's like a it's like a virtual reality sort of world and, and it's something to do with your VR headsets and stuff and you're getting it and you go into this world and you can shop and do everything. It's like a, it's like a more, it's like an, it's like an internet that you get inside. I think. No. An alternative reality. Yeah. I think Matt Hancock's in there taking his job on the United Nations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, what what websites would you get inside, Fisher, if you could get inside a website? Let's move to the next section of the show. <laughs> um, 
There was actually one more thing you wanted to mention, though, weren't there, about British Airways? Uh, well, yeah, it was just a quick joke to say something along the lines of that British Airways apparently are no longer saying welcome, ladies and gentlemen, when they're on their flight. Uh, for fear of offending people, mm. um, because obviously in this day and age, um, you know, sometimes labelling people with genders isn't appropriate. Um, apparently, EasyJet for years have been saying, welcome everyone to our flight, uh, and Ryanair just say, hey, up your bastards, just get in our flight and do whatever we say. <laughs> sorry, uh. sorry, yeah, a bit of a joke about the content that Ryanair treat their customers with. Right, um, so it's, right. Qu- it's quiz time, Fisher. Um, in mm-hmm. fact, before it's quiz time... We do need to take a very short um, advertisement break, but if we don't play the advertisements, uh, we will not get paid by the advertisers. Will we, we don't won't get paid by the the advertisers. So should we should we yeah. play should we play his adverts? Yeah, let's make sure our client keeps happy. Here at Edible Sports, we are passionate about the environment and thought to ourselves, wouldn't it be good if we could develop edible sports equipment to cut down on waste of materials? We are sick of seeing discarded boomerangs, old footballs, cricket bats and croquet mallets thrown into skips or poorly fly-tipped in our green space. So, we've developed edible sports equipment. Take our 12-inch pizza frisbee, order to your liking with your choice of toppings. Players can try to catch the various bits of pepperoni, meatballs and peppers in their mouths as the frisbee soars through the air. When you're done playing, just eat the pizza, providing you've not been playing with your dog. If team sport's your thing, then try out our tug-of-war spaghetti, extra thick and strong strings of spaghetti pasta. You can tug with your hands or eat your way to the centre quicker than the other team. Meatball football. Giant meatballs you can kick up and down the football pitch. We recently hooked up with Newcastle United and their new owners and got them down to our edible football pitches in our sports science labs. It went really well, although the game didn't last for 90 minutes, so Steve Bruce ate all the footballs and the entire pitch. Even the goalposts, which weren't actually edible. We work with top industry professionals and former sports stars who are regularly down at our labs helping us with our experiments. Dave Bassett's been down here testing all sorts. And Adrian Mewtwo, he's been testing our sherbet dib-dab, climbing powder. Get in touch with Edible Sports today and find out how we can help you or your team become an environmentally edible sports champion. The Waste of Web Space podcast. You can find us online, wasteofwebspace.co.uk. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook, and Fisher's always on Pornhub, dirty boy. So, um, it's time then for our quiz. Um, and, yeah, we you know we take it in turns now, don't we, to do a, a quiz each. And it's International Chef Day, Fisher, today. Um, I know you like going out for food and to nice restaurants and so on, treating yourself every now and again, don't you? You know, like your Weatherspoons and stuff like that. Uh, I'm joking. Um, but, yeah, you like you like going out for food and stuff, don't you, Fisher? Well, it's better than that prison meal I had the other other week. I've actually started doing a bit of cooking myself. Have you? Um, I've yeah. I'm I'm taking some. Um, well, I can't. Well, I said Northern Works watches this anyway. I'm taking some baked goods into work tomorrow. Doing a bit of baking, made a cheesecake for people at work. Um, I've yeah. You know, also cooked for my parents last weekend. Oh, I'm doing loads of baking and stuff and cooking. So I'm a changed man. Well, this is this is it now. I mean, people have like learned to do things, haven't they? Like that they wouldn't have done before uh, lockdown, the pandemic, and all those kind of things. So anyway, I've got a chef quiz for you. So it's all kind of like things I found. There's a, there's a bit about celebrity chefs in there, not a lot, but then a lot of it's like about uh, kind of like news stories and stuff that in some way involve chefs. So it's just simple: which one's true, which one's false, sort of thing. Uh, true or false? Uh, well, not true or false. Which one's the right answer? 
you know what I mean. We know our quiz works yeah. on this. We don't need to go into it. But yeah. anyway, so number one then in our chef quiz, number question number one. Uh, in 2012, what did Japanese chef Meow Sugiyama serve up to five diners at a banquet in his restaurant? Was it A, the dead skin off his wife's feet, or B, his own genitalia? Mm. And we're not talking about his dead wife. We're talking about the dead skin off his wife's feet. His wife wasn't yeah, was alive. Say, if, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, neither of which sound particularly appealing, do they? I mean, kudos to him if he served his own genitalia and he managed to feed five <laughs> people. I mean, yeah. stuff and dreams are made of that, isn't it? Um, I mean, yeah, what do they do? Sort of, yeah, two of them had one bollock each and then sort of three she had the... <laughs> <laughs> the shaft between, oh, yeah, um, yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't feed that. To, yeah, I'm sure he you might have served it with something else. Yeah, <laughs> I saw him interviewed. I saw him interviewed actually afterwards, and he said, "Well, I really enjoyed feeding this to my client. He's been great, hasn't it?" <laughs> um, so I think I think it must be the dead skin off his wife's feet, and. You would unfortunately be wrong. <laughs> so he had had a operation um, to change his well to change his gender and be gender and be asexual, or he, he didn't want to associate with anything, but he didn't want his genitalia anymore. Uh, so he decided to uh, get it chopped off, basically, and uh, he tweeted. This is what he tweeted. Um, Please retweet," he said. "I'm offering my male genitals, full penis, testes, and scrotum as a meal uh, for te- hundred thousand yen. Uh, we'll prepare and cook as the buyer requests. Hundred thousand yen. Oh, yen, not people. Currency. Yes, Currency. Sorry. We'll prepare and cook as the buyer requests at his chosen location. Just uh, days after his twenty-second birthday, he went underwent elective genital removal surgery, uh, divided up the severed penis shaft, testicles, and scrotal skin between five people, garnished it with button mushrooms and Italian parsley. Um, but actually, it was actually six diners who'd signed up for the for this feast, uh, but only five showed up. One of them dropped out, which is quite surprising that only one of them dropped out. Um, do you know how much they paid? Uh, well, 100,000 yen. Oh, of course, yeah. Do you know how much that is? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, About £10,000, I think it's up. $250. was all. Oh, oh. A plate feast. So uh, that would have been like, what, that, about £200, is it? Something like that? Yeah, about that, yeah. Uh, much is it? Yeah, and the sixth person didn't bother showing up, so changed their mind. Maybe thought it was a joke and then thought, yeah, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to eat a load of balls and cock. Hmm. So there you go. Yeah, yeah that's true. So uh, no, just in, just in general, I mean, if you're serving your penis to someone, I mean, would you want to serve it with button mushrooms? I don't Which know. That gives the wrong impression, doesn't it? I mean, put them in egg cups. I, yeah, I think one of the <laughs> apparently one of, um, the, the asked, yeah one of the diners said um, in terms of how you wanted it cooking. One of the diners said, "Is it rare?" He said, "Well, often if you eat someone's cock, I mean, surely it's <laughs> unusual." Um, so yeah, that's mm. thanks for thanks for highlighting that, Jimba. This mayonnaise is lovely. There's no mayonnaise <laughs> on it. <laughs> right, uh, next then. In, back in September 2020, Max Gott, the head chef and co-owner of Bistro 46 in Jesmond, Newcastle, was on TV on the BBC to discuss new coronavirus restrictions. What was it about his interview that amused eagle-eyed viewers? So I don't know if you can remember it. 
Uh, so it's either A, on the menu board behind him, there was a dessert menu where it said spotted dick. Dick had been crossed out with Boris written above it. Or is it B, there was a poster in the background behind the chef with a poster of British tits, birds, and a picture of Boris Johnson had been stuck on it. Um, I, I, I think I recall it and, yeah, British tits, and I think Boris Johnson was on there. When, when you read the first option out, haven't you got it so it says spotted Boris? It's No, I said it said spotted dick, but dick had been crossed out with Boris written above it. Well, yeah, but then it's like spotted Boris when they've crossed the dick out. No, but they'd left dick on show, so they were oh, basically okay. calling Boris a dick. You'll be careful, Japanese uh, bunter Mike, when we eat it. True. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it was British, I think it was a picture of British tits with Boris Johnson on the. Well done. Yeah. Well played there from the chef, uh, Max Gott. Uh, so next, by the way, and by the Max way, Scott, uh, was he called? Ma- Max Scott. But I, I do want to give a shout out to all chefs because although these are some quite silly and controversial stories, it's not the best way to celebrate World International Chef Day. I actually want to say, well done to all the amazing, hardworking chefs out there because they put in a shift, don't they? You know, whatever chef you yeah. are, whatever level you're working at, big shout out to you. Uh, obviously, we have picked out funny stories about chefs here, uh, controversial ones, because that's kind of what we do, isn't it? But anyway. Um, Number three, back in February, Derbyshire Live Live published a strange news story about a celebrity chef. Which of the following stories was it? A, that Ainsley Harriet's head were appearing on roadsides around Derbyshire, usually covering the zero or letter O's. Or B, that a sheep had been found with an uncanny resemblance to Anthony Worrell Thompson. Um, I can't particularly recall Ainsley Harriet's face being put on zeros on road signs. I don't know a huge amount about Ainsley Harriet. Um, I know that he once met the cricket com- commentator, Brian Johnston, and said, hi, Brian, can I call you Jonas, like everyone else does? He said, yeah, that's no problem. Can I call you Anus? Um, and Anthony Wall Thompson, there's a wild animal that looks like Anthony Wall Thompson, which could admittedly be any wild animal, surely, <laughs> would have thought. Uh, sheep, oh. I know there was something going around about Sheffield, wasn't there? Um, people changing zeros onto Qs on various uh, road signs, which I think is that something to try and confuse sort of driverless cars and some of this sort of AI technology we've got. Maybe, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna unless say, they were changing it on 40s signs so that it said 4Q. <laughs> That's probably what it was. Very good. It might have actually yeah. been that, though. Yeah, it could have been, yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to say it's Anthony Wall, a sheep that looks like Anthony Wall Thompson. No. People were randomly sticking Ainsley Harriet's head onto road signs in Derbyshire. And no one really knows really why. I want to give a big shout out, by the way, uh, to a couple of people who are listening uh, or have been listening and they said hello. So I want to say hello back. Uh, Judith Edgerud in Norway. So we've got a a listener from Norway listening to us. And Dave Hardy of the Hardy Arms in Leicestershire, another pub shed. Uh, great pub shed is the Hardy Arms. Uh, hoping I can visit there one day and he can come and visit the Alien Audio pub shed as well. So a big shout out to them. Uh, it's on my Sunday. It's on my Jimbo's radio page, Fisher. I cross posted mm-hmm. it, so it's on there. Uh, big shout out to Gary as well, who I think is tuned in as he's uh, giving us, sending us some laugh emojis. That's a good sign. Um, Didn't you recently meet up with a um, an Instagrammer came to yeah. your pub shed? Pint Sheffield, um, yeah. Yeah. How did that go? Very good, yeah, I loved it. And I took him to the commercial pub, showed him the sights of Chapeltown, Chapeltown Tap as well. 
Uh, but obviously, I took him to the best places in Chapel Town, so that's why he went to the got him to the commercial first of all. Clearly, um, obviously after, big the, after the ale and audio pub shed, of course, it's, of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, are you ready for next chef question? Yeah, go on. So I think you've got two out. Uh, well, one out of three, right? I think, can't you? Just one. Yeah. yeah. Number four, then Slovakian TV chef Lubomir uh, Herk. Have you heard of him? Of course I haven't. Why have I heard of him? <laughs> In case you watch Slovakian TV, it's kind of like their one of their celebrity chefs over there. I don't think you've got many. Uh, he might be the only one. I'm not sure. If you Google is if you Google Slovakian celebrity chef, he's the first one that comes up. Yeah. Um, anyway, in 2016, he got into trouble when what happened? A during the live recording of a TV show, the camera cut to his kitchen earlier than he expected, and he was caught on camera appearing to be using a credit card to cut a line of cocaine on his preparation table. Or is it B? He was caught ordering food from various local restaurants to make it appear that he cooked it from fresh on his own show. So he was basically getting lots of different bits from different restaurants and putting them together and then making it look like he'd done it sort of thing. Passing other people's work off as well, yeah. Um, surely if he was kind of using his credit card to, you know, I don't quite know, yeah, put cocaine in some lines, but he just like claimed it was like some icing sugar or flour or something or what have you. Um, as for... Passing off other people's work as your own. I don't know. I mean, I was talking about this on my uh, other podcast, the Ellen Audio podcast, by the <laughs> way. Um, uh, I, th- I, th- I think he might have been kind of getting other deliveries from other restaurants and claiming that he'd made them. Because I don't think he'd be that stupid to basically, knowing that there's a camera in his kitchen, be snorting cocaine off his worktop. You know, Fisher, that celebrities, whether they be British, American, European... They can all be as daft as each other, and yet... Oh, sorry, wrong one. <laughs> you were saying... Shock. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he he got it wrong. He was actually, yeah, doing that with his credit card, although he may have claimed he was doing something else, but uh, apparently, yeah, that's uh, what he got into trouble for. Yeah, uh, he said it was a debit card, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Next, then. What happened to Chinese chef Peng Fan while preparing food in his restaurant back in August this year. A, he was preparing soup using the rare delicacy of deadly spitting cobras. He cut off the heads of the snake to kill it and then spent 20 minutes making the soup. He then started tidying the kitchen and picked up the snake head to throw it in the bin when it bit him, killing him shortly afterwards. Or is it B, he accidentally served up soup containing bleach when a member of cleaning staff in the kitchen at the time left a pot of bleach solution near the chef's workstation. Six people in the restaurant were later admitted to hospital. Mm. Um, okay. Now, I think the snake was sort of picked from Uncle Bernie's garden, <laughs> I think. I was going to say earlier, we might have a yeah. snake-related story coming yeah. up today. Um, and obviously the people who got roughed to hospital after taking the bleach, fortunately they didn't have COVID because no. Donald Trump, so they were <laughs> cured on that front. Um, and the people I... who the people who took them to hospital were later awarded Chef of the Night um, <laughs> because um, they they'd yeah saved somebody's life. So, but then yeah. there were people in the restaurant <laughs> yeah. who said that's not right. How can yeah. someone who's taken someone to hospital get Chef of the Night when when the chef hasn't got Chef? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. It should be it should win chefs on that for cooking food, yeah. not just for and taking they, people to hospital. And they put a pole up and uh, everything. I I think that i I'm sure I've heard before that basically um snakes and various other animals can still still do things kind of after they've been, you know, chopped up sort of thing and obviously still venomous. So I think it might have been bit by a snake even though he chopped the snakes head off. I suppose it's like the uh, Conservative Party, really, because if you take the head out of the Conservative Party, 
Um, they can't, they're still the Conservative Party, aren't they, at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Get somebody else to replace um, them. Um, yeah, okay, so what are we saying then? I'm going to say first, I'm going to say that, uh, yeah, it was bitten by a snake, even though it killed the snake. Yeah, well done. Uh, yeah, so I don't think you'd get that one, actually. I thought you might not believe that one. Uh, number six. In 2019, chef Gary Trice, who worked at a restaurant, um, he worked there once, twice, Anyway, and uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he worked at a restaurant and soft play centre in Lanarkshire, um, and he made the news. It was like you know one of those places that's got like you know restaurant in it and soft play. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, he made the news when he did what? A. He was sacked, uh, and his employer had to pay two hundred fifty thousand, well two hundred fifty thousand pounds in compensation after trying to copy an internet prank on a kitchen porter. Unfortunately, the prank went wrong and the porter ended up with the broom handle going up his bum, causing some serious internal injuries. Um, B, he was caught living in the soft play centre after building up gambling debts and losing his home. He was found when the owner of the facility turned up one morning to let an electrician in uh, who he'd hired and he found the chef sleeping in the ball pit. Um, Okay, so... I mean, the ball pit was there because it was just the discarded genitals of a um, <laughs> Japanese chef, I think, wasn't it? Uh, I think that the first one that they tried to do an insect prank and accidentally shoved a broom handle up <laughs> in case you put a back side. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, is that all living, living in the ball? I mean, if you lived in the ball pool, <laughs> could you sleep instead in the main restaurant? It's comfy in there, isn't it? It's like somewhere to lay down, isn't it, in a soft play centre? Well, yeah, but they've probably got sort of some bench season that you can sit on in the main restaurant as opposed to going and immersing yourself in a load of plastic balls. <laughs> could be quite comfy. Also, got like, I don't know. Well, if, you, if you had to go into soft play centre, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She's, she's sat now. Well, it's kind of yeah. She's kind of out of that age now. Because when when they're like you know two three, you kind of do have to go in with them just to you know follow them around, make sure they're all right. But now mm. she's doing it on her own. And I can't go in anymore. Mm. Although yeah, I, I'm still yeah. under, I'm still under the height, so I could still technically go in if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't get your mum and dad with you, though. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I'd be I'd be concerned if you made the first one up. So I have to say the first one that they accidentally. Causing terminal injuries to a kitchen pot with a broom handle going through the Yeah, it's it's really bad actually. So I read the story and it was ba- have you ever seen the on the tools Facebook page before and it's it's yeah, like const- people it's a lot it, of yeah. construction workers in it sending things they've done when they've like, you mm-hmm. know, they've like they've I've seen pranks before where they've like got like what look like balls that you can balls of like things that you can kick and they've, mm-hmm. they've like cemented one in or something and then they've kicked it and gone flying and stuff well mm-hmm. anyway there was a prank apparently where you ask somebody to pull themselves up onto something to get you something and then apparently you put some sort of ob- like a broom thing below them so they can't actually mm-hmm. get down until they've got to hang there until you basically <laughs> move it and anyway this this bloke when they, they told him that there was something on top of the fridge he needed to get so as he pulled himself up, they put the broom there, but apparently the fridge fell and he landed right on top of the broom and it went up and in and it, it, it caused him quite a lot. It's quite a serious story in a sense because it you know it caused a lot of havoc and this uh, poor fellow was really ill from it and so on and uh, he ended up with £250,000 better off in the end. But, uh, I mean, would you would you pay that to be impaled by a broom handle? Some people would. 
<laughs> oh no! Would you receive that <laughs> to be impaled by a brew handle? Yeah, not the best terminology. Um, <laughs> I'd well, no, no, in short, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to receive that amount of money right. uh, to have that happen to me. So uh, anyway, that yeah, you got that right. So I think what you're on now, I think you're on like maybe I think three, three, out, three out of six. six yeah. Actually, I'll, I'll, I did see something on the On the Souls website where I think it got someone who was. Um, they got an electrically powered, um, you know, like a concrete smoother, mm. I think. And um, the, the, the flex wasn't long enough to stretch the corner of where they were doing. So basically, they were running towards it, pulling the <laughs> electric cable out and just using the, the the last bit of motion it got while it kind of wound around and then taking it back, plugging it in, going to full speed and running it over again and doing the same thing, <laughs> which amused me slightly. So, um, anyway, let's move on, let's move on. A Toby Carvery chef in 2017 was sacked after what? A, they turned up to work and stood behind the carver in one of those anonymous masks and held their own protest, uh, holding up posters and pictures of meat production horrors. Uh, B, he cut his finger while serving up the carver and continued to serve up the food, handing customers blood-stained plates while he continued to bleed. Um, um, so you know what I mean by the first one with the sort of like vegan protesters that there are and so on. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's a bit unfair on vegans, isn't it? Well, no, no, it? no, but, no, but um... there are people who, who put that... I'm saying that they put the masks on and they stand mm-hmm. there and they show the horrors of meat production, which there are. Yeah. Unfortunately, lots of horrors in uh, meat production. There's lots of things that could be done better and, you know, mm-hmm. in a lot healthier and more environmentally friendly and more humane way, unfortunately. But that's mm-hmm. uh, how things go into it at the minute. But, yeah, but that's, that's what, this, what I'm trying to get is this this chef... Uh, apparently turned mm-hmm. up and did one of those behind the carvery counter. Yeah, so it's um, that's a bit, well. You thought if he was working at Toby Carvery, he would know that that part and parcel of the job is serving meat, and therefore he just needs to kind of be aware of that. Unless obviously. he unless he did it to infiltrate. Maybe. Yeah, it was exactly on his first day already. Kind of yeah, got used to it. I don't know. And the second option is he cut his <laughs> finger while serving up carvery, continued Sorry. to serve the food to. Uh, customers with bloodstained plates. Now, surely you should kind of get one of those blue plaster things on it, like you get the first aid that goes and does it. But I think I think he might have just sort of just wanted to get on with things and just allow his kind of bleeding finger to kind of go all over the meat and on the blade. So I, I think he might have served people bloodstained food. Well done. Yeah. This was a lot of like Facebook posts about it and stuff like that, and and I mean the pictures weren't great. I mean it did look like someone's bloodstained zombie hand or something had been on the plate, and mm-hmm. you'd think yeah you probably would have just taken yourself away, got some help, and cleaned yourself up a little bit before carrying on serving food. But anyway, um, number eight then. Uh, so I think you're doing well. I mean you, you might be on like four out of seven now or something. Uh, I think so. Yeah. London-based winning uh, award-winning chef Gurpreet Bain last February claim to have created what? A, a curry that doesn't have a fragrance, so it doesn't make your house smell. So you know when you make a curry at home, it makes everything smell, doesn't it? You know, you have to shut your doors and stuff because it makes all your curtains and stuff smell. A lot of food does, but, you know, curry in particular does it as well. Or B, a curry that doesn't cause flatulence. What did he claim to have created? Um, doesn't, sorry, doesn't create any flatulence, sorry. Mm-hmm. So, might be a slight clue. If you read the question again for you, London-based award-winning chef Gurpreet Bain last February claimed to have created what? A curry that doesn't have fragrance, it doesn't make your house smell, or B, a curry that doesn't cause flatulence. Does it mean the curries cause flatulence? Well, a lot of the stuff in curry does does cause it, yeah. Okay. Like, it makes you Uh, a bit windy, doesn't it? I don't know know if that's a... 
Well, yeah, I don't know whether it's just sort of a bit of a theory or whether that yeah, genuinely is the case or not. It's difficult to, difficult to tell. Um, I think that I think it might be that it gives off no fragrance, no odour, so yeah, you, you don't kind of get that sort of smell. But sometimes curry smell nice. I think it's going to be the first one. You don't want it in your, in your curtains and stuff lingering, do you? Like, you always have to move the wash. If you've done any washing and it's on top of the dryer or the whatever in the kitchen, you've got to shift it before you cook a curry because all your food's going to... All your, Clothes are going to smell of your food, then, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, the, uh, so I'll, I'll give you the answer. You are wrong. Uh, the clue was in the uh, in the question there. So London. Uh, so I said uh, this this chef last February claimed to have created it. Does that give you any clues? Um, Anything happening in February? Yeah, of course. Because in February uh, it's Valentine's Day. Of course. So we're not wanting to have loads of flatulence at Valentine's exactly, Day. Exactly, right? and that was the whole thing. Yep. So a curry that doesn't cause right. flatulence. <laughs> okay, right. I'll probably make it up. Yeah. That's it. Uh, number nine, then. Uh, so I think you're now on four out of eight. Number nine, half mark so far. In October 2020, Leicestershire chef Ellie Todd Thornton made the news after what? A, she was making Yorkshire puddings and one of them came out of the oven with a striking resemblance to children's TV character Morph. Or B, she baked a lasagna and the pattern of the burnt cheese looked like the spitting image of Leicester manager Brendan Rodgers. I mean, that's, yeah, that's it's a common thing, isn't it? You know, I've seen Jesus' face in, in the not on a piece stuff, of wood. Yeah, I'm kind of, you know, on a chapati or on, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, Brendan Rodgers... So, lasagna, burnt bits of lasagna look like Brendan Rogers. Um, Yorkshire pudding, I mean, looking like or morph. morph. Um, were they from Leicester? Did you say uh, Leicestershire chef? Yeah, Leicestershire. Uh, um, I think it's going to look like morph. Think so? Yeah. And you would be well. Who do you think it looks like? Well, to be fair, <laughs> I told you it's a Yorkshire pudding or. A, <laughs> or a lasagna. So it's, is it a Yorkshire yeah. pudding or lasagna? So here's your answer. Can you see? Oh, you'll have to. I can't actually. Yeah. I can't actually see because yeah. I think. Well, that, that looks a bit morph-like. Yeah. I yeah, think. morph. Sorry, it's because uh, I'm on the yeah. different camera though for the viewers that are looking. There you go. It's yeah. a Yorkshire pudding that looks a bit like morph. There you or go. if not, Brendan Rodgers is looking seriously on my lead though. <laughs> That's what it looked like after he told him he might be in line for the Newcastle job. Um, <laughs> next then. Uh, Number 10, this is your last question. There's a couple of parts to this question, though. So, Turkish chef uh, Salt Bay has been in the news recently for his nurserette restaurant in London, which serves up edible gold in its dishes. So, how much would some of these menu items set you back at this restaurant? So, he's a, he's a chef, a Turkish chef, and uh, he's got interesting backstory. He was like an a apprentice for somebody else and all that kind of thing but he's got his own <laughs> restaurant now I, I was reading a bit about it earlier but anyway you can read more about it yourself in your own time do your own work like I clearly haven't um, yeah. so how much then would you say for a gold cappuccino gold covered cappuccino uh, um, are we converting back to pounds yeah we're in pounds Is it, it's, a, it's a London it's a London restaurant oh right sorry I thought yeah sorry I thought it was, it was in Turkey um I think for a gold cappuccino, I think you're talking maybe eighty pounds. And you would be. What do I give you? What, how many? How many? How many thing within what? Within within twenty? Shall I give it you? Um, well, it's entirely up to you. You're the quiz master, not me. What is go, it? Hundred quid. I'm going to go within twenty. And what did you first say? I said eighty. Still wrong. Fifty pounds <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a gold covered cappuccino. Next, then single meatball. With cheese. Bearing in mind how much 
two balls in a shaft cost you earlier. Single meatball with cheese, and I'm guessing there's some sort of gold sprinkled onto it as well. Yeah, has it been to IKEA? Uh, (laughs) I think that single meatball and cheese. That must be black said too. (laughs) So podcasting too light, keep yawning. Um, I think that I think that's a bit. That must be more expensive than the cappuccino. So I'm going to say 100 pounds. 180 pounds. Um, next then, gold coated steak. Um, do we know, do we know what kind of steak it is or how it's I don't, I don't or... know what kind of steak it is. I think it's the sta- their standard steak. It's one of their standard mm. steak. Like, okay. I'd expect it to be a good steak. I mean, if you're covering it in gold, I mean, what, what a crap one would you from, um, for that price? I think you may be talking. It's going to be a lot more expensive than the meatball, surely. Although you'd have thought probably the only actual expensive bit of that is actually just the gold sprinkles that go on top of it. Um, so surely, like the cost of the sorry again, yawn again. What's wrong with me? Um, so surely the cost of the steak would only be like thirty quid more than meatballs. But non- nonetheless, I think it's going to be quite a bit more. And I'm going to say a steak with edible gold on it is going to cost you eight hundred pounds. You know what? I'm going to give it you. And it's not within the twenty pounds, but because it's obviously we we need to raise that barrier slightly. Factor it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Eight hundred and fifty quid. So yeah, yeah that's that's yeah, a good enough. guess. I'm in, the, I'm in the corridor there, aren't exactly. I? Yeah. So. Next then, a giant tomahawk steak covered in edible gold leaf. Have you seen the tomahawk steak? No. Okay. So the, the I think it's something in Costco. They're huge. It's kind of got massive bone in it, um, and it's got a. Do they get yeah, delivered big bit of- by tomahawk helicopters? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, that might be an additional, an optional extra, maybe. But they're big. I don't know, and they're kind of very steaky. So I'm going to say that's going to be costing you, if the normal steak's 850 quid, the tomahawk steak must be, let's say, £2,500. A bit too high there. £1,450. Last then, uh, all this inspired an Indian restaurant, uh, also in London, uh, to kind of copy this sort of idea, and they created a twenty-four carat gold poppadom. <laughs> How much did that cost? Uh, twenty-four carat gold. Is it one of the giant poppadoms or just like little ones that you can get? Um, but it shouldn't make much difference, really, should it? Um, um, I think people like buying them and wear them. What's that poppadom? Isn't it? The neck. <laughs> a big medallion. Yeah. Um, let's say let's say a thousand quid. Overshot by a fair bit there. Just under a quid, but still, just. Oh, no, no. It's a pop of it? It's a crisp. Um, so, anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed that, for sure. For International yeah, good, Chef Day, I just want to give a big shout out to all the chefs out there, because although a lot of those were sort of silly stories and some chefs being um, not very good at the jobs, maybe, uh, you were all brilliant at jobs. So, big shout out to you all, and I hope you enjoyed that theme, and I hope you're careful about where you put your broom handles when you're at work. Yep, and I'd just like to say to all the chefs out there, well done. I asked for it medium rare, but you give me well done. You know, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Carry on, carry on, Jimba. Cool. So it's on to Fisher's quiz now. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we don't do that anymore. 
Um, so, I mean, um, wasn't the whole point of trying to get rid of all the quizzes? Has this been just as long? length down, and I think this one's gone on for about an hour and a half. Anyway. It has anyway. Yeah, longer. it has. It has. Oh well, good job we did. Um, anyway, this yeah, this has been about the same. So anyway, uh, should we I mean, leave? I, 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 yeah, I don't want to comment or anything, but when we started this episode, according to Facebook, it was episode one hundred and three, and I'm on to episode one hundred and four. <laughs> so that's how long, long this episode lasted. Uh, brilliant. So anyway. Uh, yeah, it's been good. Thank you, Fisher. And uh, we will see you all again. Please do check us out. Wasteofwebspace.co.uk is our uh, website. I need to probably update it, really, put some new things on it and so on. Uh, we'll, we'll plan something new for Christmas, aren't we? We had an idea, but, I mean, I forgot what that idea was. So we'll, didn't we'll... tell me about it, so... We did. I did tell you about it, but we forgot. We had an idea. We definitely had an idea. We did. It was okay. a good idea as well. Um, but we're I not f- doing the advent calendar again, are we? No, no, it was a different oh. idea. It was something like it, but not the same. And I can't oh. remember what it was. And it's a bit frustrating. Anyway, we'll remember at some point. So yeah, all the websites, addresses, and Twitter and Facebook, and Instagram, all that kind of thing. Uh, leave us reviews. Get in touch. We'll give you shout outs in the next episode. And yeah, thank you very much for listening. Cheers, thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.